This is unstructured. Today we're here with Jason Lynette. Jason is a hypnotist, but he's written a business book. And the book talks about hypnosis, but it's really more of a self-help book about systems and mindset. How are you doing today, Jason? Doing great. How are you doing, Eric? All right. I guess I should um, plug the book. It's Work Smart Business, available now on Amazon. And you recorded an audiobook, which I really appreciate because I just don't have time to read anymore. But you're not selling it. Why is that? Well, actually, I'll give some credit where it's due. Uh, part of the inspiration of writing and sometimes just having a system makes things easier. And uh, going through actually the group self-publishingschool.com, that's Chandler Bolt, his community. And they were talking about just give the audiobook away, which and as someone who produces a lot of educational material, there's something that I was doing when I would buy someone else's educational course, which was that this is back in the days when it was magic that you know how to rip a DVD down to the uh, MP4 sure. files and pull out the MP3s. And I'd listen to this commuting long distance. You're, you live in an area that's actually close to where I'm originally from mm-hmm. that's known for quite a bit of traffic. So yes. the opportunity to have that mobile university. So you know some of the training materials that I've put out over the years – you can download the video, download the audio, and then I've had it all transcribed as well. So it was just this natural thing to go, well, I could sell the audio of the book, yet I really know it expands that ability to read some segments, listen to the entire thing. So it's always the goal of giving people the opportunity to really learn the information and even better, put it into use. And that's a lot easier when you make it easier for them to integrate that information. That's pretty cool. And are you using the book more as a... Um a lead generator or a calling card? It kind of fits a couple of purposes that it was on one side, this passion project that if you just simply hop onto Google and look me up, you see that I do a lot of education specifically in the hypnosis world. And here's clients who would be coming to me for personal change issues, whether it's overcoming a public speaking issue, resolving anxiety patterns. And I was seeing a lot of business people over the years. And these were the ones who were going, you know, and like any good business, you ask the question, how'd you find me? Why did you call me? And they started to reference all the other stuff that they saw me doing. So they were looking at my hypnosis business training and going, well, I know you weren't quite talking to me on that, but business is business and it made sense. So on one side, it was that passion project of wanting to write specifically to that community that yes, I'm in a world where we're not going to make you bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken. So let's just gut to the, let's cut to the business and talk about how to make your business really thrive. So that was one part of it. But yeah, on the other side, it's that you know sort of foot in the door, that uh, opening act, uh, mm-hmm. which is helping to facilitate some more of these dialogues and really help to open up more of the things I've been already spending my time doing just to do it on purpose, that these executive types were finding me on their own and then bringing me into their business, coming in to do a keynote, coming in to work with them one-to-one, and just now putting it out there a little bit more formally to go, here's how we think differently about our personal success. And as you mentioned there at the beginning, it's the same formulas for our business too. Well, Colin, are you shifting away from the just straight hypnosis into more of a widespread view, like the persuasion with um, Robert Cialdini mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, just sort of expanding 
there's there's two sides of this, which is that, you know, looking and I'd be open about some of the figures, at least percentages that, you know, here we are. It's February as we're connecting, which means it's the exciting time of the year where we're finalizing our taxes from last year mm-hmm. <laughs> and looking at, you know, the numbers from last year. Yes, business was up. And yes, I really do enjoy working with clients one to one. But I did a third less of that last year than what I did the year prior. So seeing that there's the opportunity to continue to scale a business, I'm really of the mindset of building systems. So the personal hero, Ron Popeil, how do we set it and forget it? So there's aspects of my business that have been running for years that I don't actively have to build anymore. I'm sitting right now in my local physical brick and mortar office, which is the business Virginia Hypnosis, and really, I haven't done anything new to promote this business. It's just kind of running on its own. The website gets found. uh, The referrals continuously roll in from past and existing clients. And I don't have to work to build this chunk of the business. And quite simply, I enjoy the work of sitting down with someone and doing the work. And sometimes, yes, I am driving to the office to then connect as you and I are here via Skype or Zoom or some other video platform and work with someone on the other side of the world. Hmm. So... That's now a segment of the business that has now become systematized. You know, I haven't, let's call it out, I haven't outsourced the actual session work to someone in the Philippines. Uh, The actual running of the work is still the one-to-one. Yet because that's now systematized, I get to spend my time building other things. That's really that intention of how I've done it. Though I will openly share there's a whole segment that got my business kind of up and running about at this point 12 years ago, which was doing programs for schools. Yeah, I which, wanted to talk about that. You're yeah, this is Yeah, which that was kind of how I got started. It was a motivational program and something that was entertaining, which got the kids listening, and now I could deliver a message, which the things you do to get started are not necessarily the things you have the ability to keep up. So this is officially the first year that my company is still doing them, just I've got someone else now doing those presentations, which allows me to then focus the time on these newer projects that are now driving that attention. Dust the systems. Exactly. If you build a system, you can hand it off or it can run itself and build your passive income. Which exactly right. It doesn't necessarily have to be something automated. The quick story is that years ago, my uh, websites, uh, the hosting company got hacked. And for like two weeks, my websites could not be found by search engines, which that could have shut down another business. But instead, I dipped back into a system I had built before, which I wasn't actively using going out and doing network marketing, going out and giving talks to drive attention to what I do. I just had to pull out the notes of what I used to do and just re-engage in those organizations once again. And other than one or two days of going, why isn't the phone ringing? Hmm. Why is no one opting into websites? Oh, dear. As I tried to load my websites and saw what had happened, quickly getting it resolved, moving away from that hosting company. And, you know, but again, it was the opportunity to run the old systems once more, which should I decide to go back to the schools, I've still got that program ready to go. It's just morphed over the years. And now what I do in the corporate world. Isn't it almost a benefit? Ironically, they might've done you a favor by crashing the site because you had to reach back to your roots, if you will, and kind of, uh, exercise those muscles. You're right. And I mean, that's where the old phrase that those who can't teach is completely wrong. Because when you're there in that teaching mode, it's forcing you to think, wait, what am I actually doing? How is this actually working? And sometimes we look at the things we're doing in our businesses, our personal life, and we like to you know, credit the thing. 
Uh, how did you lose the weight? Oh, I've been doing intermittent fasting. And also I've been, you know, uh, tracking and making sure I got enough protein and I felt more, felt more full. We can simplify it to those bullet points, yet really I'm not, you know, rewarding myself with food. I'm not convincing myself that I'm too busy to cook for myself. I'm making it a priority to use the quote from um, – in the business world is Gary Vaynerchuk. His personal trainer is Jordan Syatt. Cool guy. Look him up. Hmm. And I've heard him say that, uh, you know, give yourself permission to be appropriately greedy with your time. That it hmm. became, okay, if I just give myself five extra minutes in the morning, I'm not going through the drive-through. I'm taking better care of myself. It's not just the time that I did the fasting. It's not just the tracking of the protein macronutrients. No, it's the fact that I made it a priority. And really, as it became a priority, almost any technique that's scientifically sound would have worked. Well, you spent some time talking about that, too, in the book, um, essentially paying yourself, um, giving yourself a raise or giving yourself value. Right. Yeah. Paying yourself first with your time that we talk about how you're in that career and, you know, set some of your money off to the side for savings and to start to use our time that way. Pay yourself first with that time. So to look at you know, yes, we spend time wasting time way too frequently, refreshing social media a thousand times a day, checking our phone many, many times throughout the day, as opposed to compartmentalizing these things down. And now this is the time where I'm writing. This is the time where I'm filming something. And sometimes there's found time. Um, I'm using a scheduling platform within my business, which I'm still not happy with, so I'm not going to say it's schedule once. Uh, but as I'm using the software, uh, did we drop it there? Um, here's this moment yesterday that my four o'clock appointment, I'm going, oh, he's coming in from the National Harbor in D.C. He must be running late mm -hmm. to then get to be 430. He's just not here. And I'm going, I know he knows about the appointment. It sent a reminder to then realize, oh, wait, he rescheduled that, but it didn't tell my calendar, which again, oh. why I'm in the market for looking for a different platform. Yet I could have sat there angry at the fact that the scheduling software didn't work. I could have spent an hour on the phone berating them and complaining. Mm -hmm. But instead, here's a project I know I'm doing in two weeks' time that I have to produce three videos to make that project work. Well, here's some found time. Shot the videos, produced them, went ahead and just you know sent them off to the editor with the cropping points. And that's now done. So now it's just ready to send off to the next step of build the websites, and then it's ready to go. So... To, yeah, make use of that time. You can you can spend money on something that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I uh, In terms of the local business, I ran a print advertisement just to kind of test it out in November. And this company called up to go, hey, how's the ad running? They called a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going, mm -hmm. well, you know, it's been out there for two months. And guess how many people have called me from it? Wow, yeah. how many? Zero. However, I have made so many copies of that article. I've put it on my website. I've sent it to the right people, and that's what's making the business work. Oh, well, hmm. glad to hear it's working for you. It's like, well, you know, I probably could have just faked it on my own. <laughs> just <laughs> put the advertorial on my own website. Uh, so, you know, that was a moment which, yes, that was a nice $1,200 learning lesson. Yet, really, I can earn that back by doing something else. Time we don't earn back. So focus that time, effort, and really put that into the appropriate use. Yeah, you seem to focus a lot in the book on having the mindset to grab opportunities everywhere. I don't know if you call it the reframing or whatever, but as an example, you follow yourself around with a camera everywhere you go. Yeah. And you don't ever talk <laughs> unless it's on film. It's kind of like a runner. It didn't happen if it's not on Strava. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I forgot my Apple Watch. I can't go to the gym. 
there you go. So uh, is that something that you almost prescribe to always just be in the mindset of, I have this tool, where can I find a use for it? There is, um, let me tell a quick story here that there's a hypnotist up in Canada, uh, by the name of Mike Mandel, awesome, awesome guy with his business partner, Chris Thompson, both are good friends. And we're, we're at a convention in Las Vegas back in August last year. And we were there early. It's like, Hey, let's go to this restaurant for dinner. And the intro to the conversation was Mike going, you know, Jason, I was explaining you to my wife. <laughs> and just something about that made me go let's just stop there because that's that's always the best <laughs> that's, that's 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 the one thing we just need to hinge off of right there but it's the whole it's the whole work smart mentality of work with purpose work with focus work with intention that and what i'm about to say is not meant to be a negative around social media but why do so many people put themselves, let's say, on LinkedIn, which is how you and I connected? Sure. Why do they put them on LinkedIn, put themselves on LinkedIn for their business? Well, they're doing it because that's what they think they're supposed to do, as mm. opposed to having a very specific strategy of who is in the network of people that I already know, and sometimes just simply asking, kind of how you and I connected, although you mm. made the connection for us, that here's someone we both knew. And I'd already asked him, who else do you know that does programs that would be a good place to share this message? So that's by going in and having a specific intentional outcome as to what we're doing there. Um, there's a funny moment of uh, a good friend looking at my calendar. Again, a lot of our training events. Vegas is so cheap to do an event, it turns out. Hmm. I can do a class out there cheaper than up the road at the Holiday Inn Express in Springfield. And someone looks at my calendar and going, you've scheduled when you're going to the grocery store. Like, well, yeah, I'm speaking at a conference and this is the time I can actually go. Otherwise, there's no opportunity. And I've been out there enough to know this is the timing, which we don't have to get to that level of, um, let's phrase it this way. It's only diagnosable if it's not effective for you, if it's not beneficial. <laughs> if oh, we don't have okay. to get to that same level of tracking, <laughs> but it's that ability to look and say, okay, you know, I'm on Facebook for part of my business and here's a campaign a couple of uh, weeks ago now that I know I put a lot of money into this advertising campaign. I spent about $2,200. And I know that everybody who bought the product spent, you know, the the sort of math on it was, and this platform tells it to you, everybody who bought, it cost me $6.97 for them to buy the product. It's not bad. Yet, well, it's not bad until you realize that I was then selling the product for $27. So every click and every purchase was $19. Multiply that by $300, 300 people who bought, which is very not, good. A bad, not a bad income. But of course, that was then pivoting into something else, which mm -hmm. about 20 people took me up in a much higher value program, which this is a very different dialogue than, oh, we post Facebook updates so people know what we're up to. Okay, you, you have know, intentionality yes, then. Yeah, the intentionality of knowing what you're doing, why you're doing and there's a level of skepticism that we can bring to what we do to sometimes ask, why is this working? Which the most random example is that uh, there's two types of science, by the way. There's science and there's bro science. Uh, bro <laughs> science are the guys at the gym lifting weights and no, 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 you need to drink this many uh, grams of protein. No, it has to be this one versus that one. And they're spouting information as if it's you know, really well-researched th well things, but it may just be anecdotal of what they found in the gym. Uh, there may be some science to this, but let's get skeptical. There's a principle that strength building world talks about called the mind-muscle connection, which in theory 
if you are focusing all of your intention on that bicep muscle as you're doing that curl, because mm. you're shifting all your focus to that group of muscles, you're activating it more and that's going to make it more responsive for getting bigger and getting stronger. Placebo all I can effect. say to that is, well, maybe, but what else may be going on beyond even, as you said, placebo? If I'm really driving all of my attention to that group of muscles, what's also happening? I'm focusing on my form. True. I'm doing it with better precision, which that alone is going to help to reduce the risk of injury. That alone is going to help me to activate the muscles. It's going to be done in a different format if I'm mm -hmm. texting on my phone on the other hand. If True. I'm staring around and looking at whatever's on the television. So we can look at the techniques and say, yes, this may be a principle, but what's kind of that meta perspective of what also is going on? So it's about finding that intention of really asking yourself, how do I make this work even better? Yeah. And reaching back to the LinkedIn and the connections and thing, um, we could draw a parallel. You were talking about dating, if you will. So the LinkedIn is about building your network. It is right. a giant networking event and you meet people and of course you don't try to sell them on everything right away please stop people <laughs> but you get to know them you comment on posts you start to learn about each other you build your network and ultimately you say hey uh do you want to do an interview hey um do you want to do this yeah i'm trying to pull up here hopefully it doesn't make any noise as i pull this up a message i received a couple of days ago which was the um Actually, it begins. Let's see. Hey, Leela, I've been looking at your information online and excited to meet with you. I'm sorry, Lauren, that's not your name. Oh, I'm sorry, Jason. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> By the third time, you've copied and pasted and you forgot to change the name to be me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. Um, and maybe I take it almost too far the other way. I actually handwrite every pitch because of that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just a weird thing, but I feel like... Well, I think that's a better way to do it because now also it's, again, where you and I had a few conversations before we even schedule, which I'd rather it be that way rather than the tightly rehearsed interview like on The Tonight Show of, hey, I heard you have a funny story about a boat. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, of course you do. You talked about it at 3 o'clock today. <laughs> True. And I do... I like, I like seeing where people come from, too. I mean, especially like in the hypnosis and persuasion and influence fields. I'm very interested in it, but I'm also very interested in ethical yes. persuasion. And there is a, a lot of this stems out of the pickup artist community too. Mm -hmm. And I really can't stand pickup artists. There's some, and I've never actually been in that community because it's the joke that people ask me about, oh, did you hypnotize your wife? It's like, well, no, we were actually already kind of together before I really officially got into the hypnosis stuff. We did make use of hypnobirthing uh, right. for the birth of our son. I mean, she delivered no medications and she didn't, she said it absolutely wasn't pain free, but she goes, I was in control of the entire process. There, there's something to be said about, um, there are some in that community, while I haven't spent much time in that one just because I haven't needed it for myself, uh, already happily married, the, the experience of recognizing that it's at its core, some of them, there's one, I forget who it was, his line was, he goes, yeah, my marketing was sleazy because it had to be. However, when you looked at my actual content, I was teaching rapport building. I was teaching what we call value elicitation, how to actually engage in a conversation, how to really connect from one person to another. Sure. And he goes, and it's sometimes just helping these introverts realize they had more options, more choices than they were giving themselves credit for. Then I go back to the website and I read all the sleazy crap and I go, yeah, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. <laughs> but That's it's where, the issue. 
the the whole issue becomes is that again, I always put the two words together the same way of ethical influence that I'm only helping a person produce a change that they've reached out to me to want to create. Otherwise, I mean, here's a phone call today that, you know, she calls up and I just politely say, you know what? It sounds like you think it would be a good idea to quit smoking, but do you really want to change this? She goes, no, I just wanted to see if this would make me stop. And they go, this is going to save you a lot of time then (laughs) (laughs) because we're just not going to schedule, you know, and really, and quite honestly, and there is some subtle influence in what I'm about to reveal here for the first time ever in a public forum. Um, What I say next was, but you know what, if you're going to be a smoker, really just go for it. You know, don't go and smoke more off of this. But, you know, I meet too many people who are, oh, I shouldn't be eating this and I shouldn't be eating Mm -hmm. that. Or maybe it's the holidays or they're on a vacation and they're being reasonable about it, but they're living with that guilt. They're not letting themselves actually enjoy the experience, you know? And as someone who just went to Italy, yes, there is reality to when in Rome. Uh, (laughs) So if you're going to be the smoker, you know, don't increase it at all, but, you know, enjoy it. You know, don't be there going, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. If your decision is that this is what you truly want to do, you know, savor it. Hmm. Indirectly, I have now completely kind of ruined that behavior for that person because she's going to be there on the next one going, I'm really not enjoying this anymore, which my filter is she did reach out to me for help. Therefore, it is within (laughs) all of my ethical responsibilities, use whatever appropriate techniques or help to facilitate that result, Uh, which... If she decides, you know what, and wasn't a huge quantity, four or five a day, which isn't as bad. It's definitely not a good thing. But if she's going, you know what, it kind of works for me right now and I'll change it later. That's when I want that person calling me back as opposed to what's that clever objection crusher that I read from a book years ago? What's that closing strategy as opposed to just putting the content out there and helping people to make that decision for themselves and let it be their decision, their intention to make that happen? So you're giving her ownership of it. She owns the habit and she can disown the habit later. Exactly. Yes. And sometimes by, I was working recently with two kids and I said, pulled the mother aside at one point to go, I've never had to say this to somebody, but your youngest is really doing great with this. Your oldest is doing well enough that I know you're happy. And I don't even know how to handle this because this is kind of bothering me as a parent. Whenever you praise your daughter, she shuts down. That when you're saying that she's doing better at this, she's going, Mom, I'm doing all right with it. She doesn't want that voice off to the side, which may be another story going on that I'm not aware of. Hmm. But to really, it comes down to the calibration. That's that interesting. I, I, I flash back to, there's a story in this. I worked in management and theater about uh, this point. I'm looking at the calendar about maybe 14, 15 years ago now. And here was this director that I came to know that she's a lovely person But she would wrap up the rehearsal by going down the line of everybody and giving praise and complimenting on good things that they've done, which is an amazing thing to do. You know, too often they're just critical and don't do this, don't do that, don't stand there. She's giving praise. But when you know, okay, I'm third in line. All right, I'm next. You're kind of going, yeah, this is kind of a routine now. You know, let it be genuine. Let it be authentic in the moment really becomes that message. There's something to be said about that, too, if it's just praise of, oh, you're brilliant. Mm-hmm. That that's actually harmful. I don't know if you've ever been exposed to Carol Dweck and the mindset principles. Mm-hmm. Kind of what she teaches, man, did studies, et cetera, is you shouldn't be saying, oh, you're so smart. You should say, wow, you really work hard. Mm-hmm. You really seem to care about trying to learn more information. 
I just find that amazing, that effort you put forth, which yeah. is praising the process versus the well, it's result. putting it in action. It's putting it in action, too, mm -hmm. rather than just a label, you're good at this. You know, the way that you resolved that issue, the way that you handled that, which there's a side note to this, I think, and especially in the business world, I meet too many people that uh, are not comfortable with the idea of accepting they're really good at what they do. You know, and there's a balance to this. And if there's enough videos on me online playing the game of playfully doing the pat on the back going, oh, yeah, that's right. This is working. But there's a real message behind that to take that step back and go, no, I'm really, really good at this. And especially in that personal change aspect, you know, the one who's, whose life is in shambles and things are not going well, you would think that would be the person who'd be calling me. But typically the person reaching out to me, here's – Here's this aspect of their business that's going well. Here's this thing in their personal life that's going great. But you know, it's just that one thing that's left over. And mm. it becomes this mindset of instead, what the heck is wrong and how are we going to fix all of this? Instead, what's great about you? How do we harness that? How do we take that confidence you have in this part of life and click it and drag it into this part of life to now get that greater benefit? Is, is that really... Um imposter syndrome and high achievers because high achievers tend to have imposter syndrome and they're going to have that hang up about that one little piece of kryptonite or somebody's yeah, going to find them out. It, it might be that imposter syndrome. I'm really cautious at times of jumping to a label at something, but for some, it may be the whole, you know, I'm not good enough and I'm not able to do this. Uh, they're going to figure out that, you know, I'm putting this all together Here's um, this one story that uh, she was military reserves for so many years and uh, then took a job in HR at this tech firm in the Northern Virginia area. And she's going, how am I going to stand in front of all these scientists and tell them that they can't be late to work and they have to sign in, they have to complete their timesheets? Who am I to tell them that? And it wasn't mm -hmm. until she, you know, and that was the whole, there was a clear disconnect that she did not have the years of education. She had a two-year associate's degree in terms of uh, getting an HR skill. And that's what she brought into this. And something finally clicked, though, to realize what were her capabilities that she had, that she had served military duty. She had raised three kids as a single parent while, while doing that. And as she put it, let's see some of those 20 year olds pull this, pull this off. <laughs> so again, by harnessing what's great about ourselves and using that, this whole copy and paste, click and drag and just, you know, plagiarize from yourself. Well, isn't that ultimately framing? You spend a lot of time talking about that. Yeah, it's framing. It's also anchoring those organic skills that we have. How do we replicate what's already there? If I'm confident in this part of my life, how do I draw that over? It's where... There, there's some purposeful tangents that are in the book that suddenly open up this loop of a story that comes out of nowhere, and suddenly I'm talking video games. Suddenly I'm talking about, you know, praising Kevin um, for Kevin Pollack for something He's he said up. on his yeah something he said on his podcast, and a whole theme of realizing that yes, you can actually facilitate the renaissance of your own career and move things in a different way. That the more we can compound things, I'll give a specific reference as a way to think about this. And to give credit, there is an amazing stage hypnotist out in Las Vegas. If you get a chance to go there, he's at the Planet Hollywood Casino. His name is Mark Savard. He's fantastic, probably one of the best in the business. He, When he's teaching, he refers to an idea of triple loading, what we call a suggestion. A suggestion in hyp hypnosis mm -hmm. is the idea that we're now creating some new reality. So you're now a non-smoker. You feel that confidence in your body as you're speaking. 
His is an entertainment program. One of his signature routines is turning people into the Riverdance Irish step dancers, <laughs> which was beautiful about the way that he handles it. This is just effective communication just done perfect perfectly. Uh, gentlemen, I'm tapping on the shoulder in a moment. It's going to be as if you're like Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. You're going to be one of those river dance Irish step dancers. When you hear this music, you're going to stand up with your arms down by your sides, your feet moving 100 miles an hour underneath you like there's Mexican jumping beans in your shoes. Hmm. Gentlemen right here will be Michael. If you don't know Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance, if you don't know river dance, if you don't know step dancers, Mexican jumping beans, maybe you get that one. Right. So he's just compounding the same idea so many different ways that here's a random resource, Aziz Ansari, uh, comedian, mm -hmm. uh, Indian descent, who's originally from South Carolina, does mm -hmm. a lot of stand up comedy about hanging out with rappers and to listen to the way he delivers that you don't have to know who 50 cent is to get the joke. It maybe mm. has a different quality when you know at least the social reference he's making, sure. but the delivery is still there. So to look at, especially when you're on a platform speaking to a group of people, or even in this format where there's an audience all around the world, how mm. do I talk about the intended result in such a way that I know the audience is really grasping the concept? You throw it out there 10 different ways. Exactly. Huh. And it's not just to see which one sticks. Each idea is going to compound the other. Yeah, circling around to Kevin Pollack. you got a blurb <laughs> yeah. out of him. Yeah. So the, the resources on his Kevin Pollack chat show, his uh, podcast that he does, I've heard him many times over the years say, if you're not creating, you're waiting. And I don't have the book within reach, uh, but his book was um, How I Slept My Way to the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole chapter at the end of it around if you're not creating, you're waiting. And here was the exercise of looking at things I wanted to create in my business. And here's a friend of mine that's produced hundreds of online courses. And he just kind of smacked me one day with the reality. He goes, well, you know, you want to know why I have them and you don't? Why? He goes, I've actually made them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we can spend that time off to the side talking about what we do. Or we can block off that time in the schedule and actually sit down and produce that information. The same as yesterday. Suddenly there was an hour that was open. That's when I produced that video. And sometimes the worst thing that can be hap that can happen is you just get no response or you get a polite no. Um, I, I will generalize this next sort of anecdote in case uh, it's delayed. But there's one really, really important person that you and I already shared an interest with. I shared a photo privately with this person. And their team mm. went, yeah, that book you love of his so much, he's currently in a shack rewriting it. So he is locked off for new projects. Otherwise, it would be a yes, but we'll be happy to do a social media blast, which we'll leave out who it was for his benefit. Right. But then sending a message out to the people I'd referenced in the book on the strength trading side of things. One of the best selling people in that industry is Michael Matthews mm -hmm. uh, wrote the book, bigger, faster, stronger, and got a nice uh, comment from him. And just on a whim, I turned on the video camera in my office and uh, found the email contact for the uh, Kevin Pollack chat show sort of Q and a, and just mm -hmm. figured maybe this will get to him and just shot a quick video and the actual message in the in the email was, here is a video of a clothed adult male saying nice things to Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, that was sent over with a uh, you know copy of the book 
And the reference was, well, I come from a theatrical background and I've highlighted the sections I've talked about you and the theatrical tradition of BS, BS, my line. Um, <laughs> and it sat for about a month and suddenly I got this nice email back saying, well, you hypnotized me to watch your video and respond to you. How can I help out? Nice. And uh, getting a really nice blurb, which I've got it in uh, hand here, that uh, Jason Lynette clearly knows what he's talking about. Hell, he quotes me in the book, and I have no idea what better recommendation you think there is available to an author. Which is a so really self-referential. Yeah, it really, it fits within, as is the style I found nowadays, of here's a few examples of what other people have written. And he goes, that's that's not me. Here, use this one. And it was perfect, which couldn't okay. have had it better. Yeah, that is but you get awesome. the lesson. The lesson from that is there's no harm in asking. True, and it um, you seem to believe in momentum, in the sense of just just do it. Exactly. Um, kind of like I'm doing this interview now. I'll do another one later. I don't know. I might suck. I might not. But at least it'll be done. And if mm -hmm. it does suck so bad, then I just can't publish it. But if it doesn't, I can <laughs> publish. Or as we like to say, that's a nice learning lesson. <laughs> sure. Now to um, close things out, what do we have coming up? Well, in terms of you and I, you're in Hampton. You're not too far from me. Oh, there is that. <laughs> uh, it's always that game of, you know, the leveling up of what we do. And, you know, part of my backstory was looking at any local networking group that I was uh, that I was speaking at that I run and I ran in the past and it was a really great group. Many of them are still friends and realizing these are the same people in front of me every week. Mm. And the line from vaudeville theater was that the amateur changes their act, the professional changes their audience. So to kind of recap some of the things we've talked about here so far of, you know, here was the work I was doing one-to-one -one with clients, which naturally pivoted into helping others to get those clients, mm. which then helped a business world realize yeah, he can help me with this personal issue, but also he can look at my business strategy. Then came the invites to then be there on the platform talking about these principles and teaching them things like anchoring, teaching them things like how to actually deliver affirmations in a way they actually stick. How do we actually make use of self-hypnosis that – how do we change that inner dialogue and taking those same themes I'd already been talking about for quite some time. And that's what eventually became the work smart business book. And really the next year is really that one of uh, getting that message out to bigger audiences. Cool. So more of the speaking opportunities, more publishing of programs for people to make use of on their own. So, you know, just simply track things over at jasonlinette.com and you'll see some of the ongoing projects. Uh, there's a I'm, my personal character business flaw is I cannot do a thing unless I can buy the website domain. So uh, <laughs> worksmartbusiness.com, virginiahypnosis.com. Yeah, work smart hypnosis. J I own for jasonlinette.com, you can spell it seven or eight ways incorrectly, it'll go to the right place. That's probably a good idea. Is it two it T's or one T or is it, you know? It's only like six that. letters is the easiest way to remember it. L I N E T T. But again, Jason Lynette, type it your own way, you'll end up where you need to go. Yet there's a podcast I'm gonna be launching in the next couple of weeks as well, just again to take this to a different audience. And again, just you know, the changing that audience of taking that message to a bigger group of people. The the framework that I've kind of closed out a lot of my presentations with in recent years is that mindset that the more we're all successful, the more we're all successful, that there's something beautiful about that generative change. The person who sure. overcomes the fear of public speaking, but now they can do this. Now they can do that. The person who not only personal change quits smoking, 
but that means now they're able to better take care of their health. Now they're not sneaking away from their family. Now their relationships are enhancing. Now they're building deeper quality connections with other people. And here's this whole story arc that the idea of you know, backsliding into the cigarettes because it's a bad day is so completely incongruent with where they've gone. So it's about helping people to change that story and harness those assets of what they think are their current circumstances and leveraging into bigger, better opportunities. Perfect message to close on. So, hey, thank you so much for coming on, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. You mind if I share a bit of a free uh, opportunity for your audience? Please. Yeah, I put together something I call the Positive Influence Power Pack, which you can actually get that by just going over to the website attached to my book, worksmartbusiness.com. Just scroll down. You'll see that on the page. It's two methods of ethical influence, one to use on yourself and one to use appropriately with others. Please use your powers for good. Uh, it'll send you those two chapters of the book and um, uh, act surprised on the third day when it sends you the audio versions to easily learn from too. Oh, awesome. So again, that's over at uh, Work Smart Business. Those freebies are available to you over there. L love to hear from you soon. Excellent. Thanks again. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please check out unstructuredpod.com. There you can find all the episodes, free subscription information, and most of the players and even how to contact me. I would love to hear from you. You can even set up a 15-minute call with me about the show or anything you like. Again, it's at unstructuredpod.com, and I hope to hear from you. Now, in the spirit of sharing, here are other shows you may want to consider checking out. Thanks again. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. Hayes? A fish surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing The Diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The Diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe, I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty, just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader.
podcast fans i'm rachel host of we're all mad here a new podcast about the history of mental health do you love history do you love creepy stories of abandoned hospitals how about questionable medical procedures we're covering it all not only will we sneak around in old asylums we'll talk about the patients that stayed there and what their lives were like we're covering disorders cures and living life with mental illness so come join us on We're All Mad here at allmadpod.com because the history of mental illness is insane.